everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gormy. Glad to have you here with us listening today. With me, I- I've got a guest who, he has Odyssey in his Instagram handle. And once we get into his story, you're going to learn that, that that term is incredibly fitting for the journey that he has been through, been on, and is still living. So I just want to welcome Sal Paradiso to the show. Sal, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good, thanks. Uh, pleasure to be here. Uh, I'm glad to have you with us, man. I, I'm excited to, for us to see where we get to go today. And I'm going to start off like I always do with, with the question. Uh, Sal, tell us what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum. So I was once uh, a little over 700 pounds, estimated by my doctor. Um, that was probably at the end of 2013. Uh Got just tired of it, you know, basically existing and, um, you know, wanted to fight for my life and hit the ground running in 2014. I had consulted with uh, a weight loss surgeon to see what my options were to do a little bit of a drastic 180. Uh, I knew how to continue to go down the road I was going on. You know, uh, death was knocking on the door. Uh, you know, my father died at the age of 42 uh, with a massive heart attack. I was 32 and a half at the time when I started my journey. Uh, you know, I went through the process of, you know, getting qualified for weight loss surgery with one surgeon. Unfortunately, after about 15 months with him and his practice, uh, we just didn't see eye to eye. I'd lost uh, 100, 150 pounds or so and uh, didn't see a, a light at the end of the tunnel. That's kind of when 600 pound life with Dr. Now is kind of picking up. And I'm like, you know, these guys are getting surgery, you know, 500 pounds, really no issue. So I got a second opinion. In uh, let's see, that was the fall summer of 2015, and um, met with this surgeon. He says, "Yeah, there's no reason why I can't get you done. You know, I just did a guy who was about 10 or 15 pounds heavier than you, and uh, we, uh, you know, we hit the ground running with that." November 6th, I went in for my first attempt at uh, VSG vertical sleeve gastrectomy surgery, and felt like I was asleep for about five seconds. Woke up in recovery room. I'd asked a charge nurse walking around, uh, you know, how many incisions did I have? Because he had told me to be between five and seven. She kind of hesitated. And right there, I knew something went wrong. Um, she told me, she goes, there's three. He came to see me. He told me I had to abort the surgery. I still had too much abdominal weight to have successful surgery. So kind of regrouped, um, you know, went into the holidays, you know, wondering like where things went wrong. You know, met with him about two weeks after surgery just to check on the incisions that he did do. And he says, you know, we're looking to probably lose another 75 to 100 pounds before we attempt this again. Uh, talk about a gut punch. You know, I worked so hard to get to that point, you know, and then I'm just like, you know, what makes me special? You know, again, referring back to 600 pound life and what he was doing with those patients, like, you know, I've lost, you know, I'm in the, probably the upper 400s at this point. If I got to lose another 100 pounds on my own. Why am I even bothering with surgery at that point? So it came to a point after the holidays, I kind of sat down, regrouped a long hard look like do i really want to do this again uh unfortunately i hit about a six to eight week period where my weight wasn't moving you know increasing calories decreasing calories just nothing was moving so i went and sought out uh, a third surgeon and did a consult with him and he goes listen he goes i operate the same way he goes you know i come in from the belly button area on like a 45 degree angle up into your abdomen he goes i'm going to run into the same problem he goes but I got somebody I can send you to. And he sent me to a guy out in Plant City, Florida. Um, met with him probably uh, that spring of 2016. 
And he's like, I'll get you done, no problem. He goes, I'll guarantee it as a matter of fact. I'm like, well, what makes you so special? He goes, I'll operate right underneath your chest bone, right on top of your stomach where we need to be. And I went in for my second attempt in July of 2016 after losing 250 plus on my own and then considered uh, continued to lose the rest after weight loss surgery. Uh, so I, I'm somebody who can speak from both sides of the equation, who's done it naturally and who's done it with the help of weight loss surgery. Uh, and I lost over 450 pounds by the time I went in for skin removal uh, in late 2017. Well, that that's quite even just to that point, man. That that literally is is an is a journey, is an odyssey. Like to to see that tenacity at, at play, like to know you started where you started, and you you kept having roadblocks thrown up in front of you. Like that that that's phenomenal to hear. Yeah, it's funny because it was a girl. There was a girl I knew from high school. Her name was Laura. Um, she called me a speed bump warrior. That was like her hashtag for me as I, you know, put these things up on my personal Facebook page or my uh, public Facebook page about my stuff. And she goes, just keep knocking them over. And, you know, that's one of the things, you know, this, everybody likes to think weight loss is a straight line. Like, Hey, you start here, you get here. It, it really is. It is a roller coaster. And it, you, I mean, in every sense of the, the term, you know, you, you get your highs and lows and, you know, you do everything the same one week and you lose seven pounds. You do everything the same the following week and the scale does nothing. And it's so infuriating because you know you're doing the right things. You know you're eating right. You're exercising right. And you get no reward for it because the scale doesn't move. And I know a lot of people get frustrated because they look at that number and they're like, well, how come? How can that be? You know, and I just tell people stay on it. You know, eventually, you know, the body's stubborn. There's so many things at play. You know, it's eating right. It's exercise. It's stress levels. It's so many facets that go into weight loss. It's not just eating. It's not just drinking, you know, water and, and doing that stuff. It's not just exercising for an hour to a day. There's so many things we can't control that go into it, which is why there's weeks where the scale didn't move. I did the same exact thing the week after and I lost 10 pounds a week after. Makes no sense whatsoever, but it happened because I witnessed it happen as I was going through my odyssey as I was moving along. And that, and that you're right. The body is an amazing, amazing thing. Like, I, I think it's amazing. Like one of the things that, that, you know, I'd like to go back, you know, kind of jump back to the start of your story. Like you, you were over 700 pounds. Like what, what got you to that point in your life? Like where, where did your weight problems begin? Like where, how did, how did you end up in that condition to begin with? Sure. So let's even circle back even further back. I, I go back to high school. I was always the chunky. I was always the chunky kid in school. You know, I was that stocky guy. I was probably when I graduated, uh, three fifty, three seventy five. I played football my junior, uh, my sorry, my freshman and sophomore year. Uh, my father ended up passing away uh, at the age of forty two, uh, late in the year of uh, nineteen ninety eight, in my senior year of high school. Um, and I guess I was a stocky guy then. I think after my father passed, like a, that's where a lot of it kind of started to spiral out of control. Um, I was working after high school and I worked, you know, a job that I worked from noontime to nine, 10 o'clock at night. I'd come home, you know, friends would all go out. We'd all, you know, TGI Fridays, wherever, wherever the place of the night was on the weekends. And we just go out eating late, eating essentially like crap, you know, just to be honest, I'm not going to sugarcoat it, you know, and just letting it get completely out of control. Uh, you know, I think early on on my public Facebook page, I had posted something, a couple of slides from like McDonald's, like what I'd eat for lunch. Like it was a, a Big Mac meal, probably two cheeseburgers, a large fry and a gigantic Coke. I mean, you break out the calories now, that's probably eight to 10,000 calories just right there. And that was just for lunch. 
you know, I wasn't really much of a breakfast person years ago. And then, you know, mom would make dinner and it would be a healthy dinner, nothing crazy, you know, some pasta, some stuff here and there, um, you know, a, a decent meal. And, and don't get me wrong. There was one of the things I told my mother when I went in for weight loss surgery the second time is, listen, whatever happens, happens. Understand that if I die on that table, this has nothing to do with you. Um, I think my my mom always thought that a lot of where I got to was her fault, and it wasn't. My mom wasn't sitting there shoving McDonald's down my face or Burger King or whatever whatever it was. You know, she can't babysit me when I'm going out with my friends. And, and don't get me wrong, there were friends and family of mine who who had that come to Jesus moment when they said, "Listen, what the hell are you doing?" You know. And I just did this in a recent piece in a uh, a news article or a news video that I did here in the Tampa market was you gotta you gotta want it. I compare my journey much to like a drug addict or an alcoholic where, you know, you can send somebody to rehab a hundred times a year. If they don't want it, they're not going to change. Weight loss is very much the same. You know, unfortunately, though, for people who need to lose weight is we need food to live. You don't need alcohol and you don't need, you know, drugs to live, but we need food to live. So it's surrounded by us. So we have to consciously make that effort every day, much like an alcoholic has to choose, choose not to drink. Or drug addict has to choose not to pick up that drug to or whatever their choice to use. We have to make that conscious effort every day to make the right decision because it is all around us, and we do need that item to live, you know. And we need to be conscious of that fact. Um, and again, there were many friends of mine, and my mom included, who listen, you know, would get to me every couple. Of, what are you doing? How come you can't do this? You know, obesity is a disease. I don't think a lot of people still realize that. They just equate to it. Oh, you know, you're just eating too much. Yeah. You know, I'm not, maybe some of it is subconscious that you are doing it, but I think a lot of people don't understand what's involved physiologically behind it and the psychology of it as well, because nobody in my family was as big as I was. Nobody. My father, when he died, he was probably 250, 265. If that, you know, he was six, two in pretty good health. Other than he had heart disease for about uh, 10 to 12 years, but was in pretty good health for his age. You know, there was not, I, there's nobody in my bloodline that I can point to say, oh my God, you know, my great uncle from, you know, past removed was 700 pounds. There was nobody. It was literally just me. And even now in my family now, there's nobody my size, you know, at the time. There's nobody who's over three, four, 500 pounds. Well, that's, I, I think you're right. Like, I, I think it becomes like almost like a perfect storm of, of the psychological and the physical. Like you get into like those traps and you start, you know, you kind of fall into those patterns and those behaviors. And then the human body, you know, because we're such, you know, you go, you go back historically in the whole idea of feast and famine and hunter gatherers and all of that, like our bodies are primed to handle overconsumption and to kind of relish it. And, you know, once you get into that cycle, you know, those mechanisms get easily out of whack. And next thing you know, like you're in this like physical place where, I mean, like, you know, like you were 700 pounds, like it's not like at 700 pounds, you didn't know you, you had a, you know, you had, had a weight problem. You had physical issues. Like you, you're caught, you're conscious of it. But like you said, like, until you really want to make the change, like I look at like when I was at my heaviest and, you know, any, like, I remember I, I had a friend that wrote me a letter once that basically was like, I can't watch you kill yourself anymore. So it, are you going to change or do I walk away? You know, and I defiantly said, go ahead, walk away. You know, like I 100% was like, you're making your choice. You know, you go make your choice. I'm going to live my life. Like it's, it's incredible kind of 
what we what we can talk ourselves into and allow ourselves to live with like what was life like for you when you were at your heaviest oh uh heaviest man it was uh isolating you know it, it's funny because i am a very outgoing person i can make friends with anybody i could see a person walking down the street and strike up conversation you know when you when you're 700 pounds uh your world is just you know granted i lived at home with my mom and my brother and sister but even as full as the house was, it was very isolating because I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't do anything, you know, just going to, you know, and again, I was one of the fortunate ones, you know, you, you watch these TV shows with these heavy people and, you know, they're bedridden or they're, they're very limited in mobility. I, I was lucky in the sense that I wasn't bedridden, you know, but I couldn't do much. I mean, getting up during the day, I'd, you know, get in a shower and, you know, do what I need to do and then get up and, you know, move from my bedroom to the couch and then, you know, maybe take a stroll down to the mailbox or whatever. But, it, you know, there wasn't much. I mean, going to the store, that was virtually non-existent. I couldn't go walk around a mall. Are you kidding me? If anybody said they were going to the mall, hey, have fun. If you see something you think I'd like, just pick it up for me. I'll give you money when you get home or whatever. You know, there was no walking around the local mall here. There was no, you know, even going to a sporting event. You know, I'm a big hockey fan. So, I moved here to the Tampa market from Long Island. I was a big New York Islanders fan. I still am. You know, I've adopted the Tampa Bay Lightning as my like my one B team, as I call it. You know, going going to Amelie Arena downtown. You know, it wasn't just getting a car and drive there. It was getting a car, bring a wheelchair with you, because there was no way I was walking from the parking garage into the arena. It, it just wasn't going to happen. You know, and there was many times I did go to several games where family member would in a wheelchair, and I'll never forget the first time I went to a game. And it actually wasn't even a hockey game. It was the uh, arena football team here locally. My cousin said, hey, I got an extra ticket. Do you want to come? And I had lost several hundred pounds at that point. And I brought my wheelchair with me. I went by myself. I brought my wheelchair with me. And I'll never, I'll never forget the feeling of I actually walked into the arena with my wheelchair. I didn't sit in it. I didn't use it. And I brought it to – we were in one of the suites there. And it was just sitting there. My cousin goes, why'd you bring them? I'm like, just in case I need it. I'm like, you realize this is the first time I've ever come to this arena without having to use a wheelchair? I'm like, it's such an odd feeling because, you know, again, 700 guy, pound guy, this is not a wheelchair you pick up at, you know, Walgreens or CVS that you order from it. This is, this is something that had to be ordered, especially, I think I remember right, it cost me $1,200 at the time to purchase this wheelchair. Uh, I had put it on my MasterCard at the time and I needed it because I'd ended up in the hospital in New York. And I'm like, I got to fly home. Like, there's no way I'm going to walk through the airport. And the company, I'm like, how fast can you guys turn around this wheelchair to me? I'm like, I got to fly home in like two days. Like, we can bring you one to the hospital before you're discharged. So I ended up paying for it right then and there. And I had it ever since. And yeah, I mean, you don't do things normally, you know, things. And it's so stupid to even think this, but things such as tying your shoes, getting dressed, things that like now I do a little effort. Like, I don't even think about it. You know, then was like a chore. It's like, oh my God, I got to put my shoes on, you know? And it's at 700 pounds, nothing's easy, you know? And it, it, everything was such a struggle. I mean, getting dressed was a struggle. Getting clothes. I couldn't go to Walmart or even big and tall, who, which was relatively common back then and say, hey, I need to go pick up a shirt. They didn't have my size. You know, I ordered from a mail order company online. You know, one shirt would cost me like $30, $35. And I'm, I'm not talking anything fancy. It was a plain cotton shirt would cost me 30 35 dollars where i can walk into walmart now and buy a shirt for like four bucks <laughs> you know oh it, and, and isn't it I, i'm sure this is something you've experienced that i know it amazes me like and now you see like even like store in the in-person stores and online retailers carrying bigger sizes but like you go back in the day and like 
the catalogs that carried the, the really big sizes, it took you weeks for those clothes to show up. So there was no, I have an event coming up this weekend and I need a new shirt. Like there was, yeah. okay, I have a wedding in two months. I better order a shirt now and hope that they get it out to me in time. Like, yeah, it, and hope that it fits it, when it gets here. Oh yeah. Like there, and you, you also, I mean, I'm sure you're also very intimately aware, like you can order three shirts from the same catalog and they arrive, they're the same size and they all fit differently. And yeah, exactly. There's three different fits to it. It drives me insane. Um, and it was crazy because even at the time I ran into the same thing and you're right, you know, you had a special event coming up. You, you had to order two and three shirts in advance just to make sure that, you know, you hope you got one of them that fit right for you for the event that you were going to. Um, and, and again, now you, you know, people who are never experienced being heavy or having to do that kind of stuff. Again, you walk into a mall, you, you can drop a hundred dollars on five shirts. No problem. You know, I couldn't do that then. It was like, I, like I said, I'd order two or three and hope that one of them fit right. You know, because again, you, you had to order it so far in advance. Right now, if something doesn't fit, I go back to the mall and I return it and I buy the next size up or next size down, whatever the situation is. You know, we, and I think I'm kind of guilty of it now too, being on the thinner side. Like you walk in the store and you don't think about it. Thin people who've never experienced, you know, being heavy, don't think about the things that they just do effortlessly every day. Going to the gym, riding a bike five or 10 miles, running three, five, 10 miles, whatever the, the number is that they, they choose to do. Buying that shirt, buying that pair of shoes, even ordering shoes. You know, I couldn't order shoes or go to Foot Locker or Nike or Adidas. I had to go on the same company that would provide my clothes, had a shoe section because I was wearing like a size probably 13, 14 extra wide. That's not something you find at Foot Locker. You know, I mean, that's something you have to order. And then even still, you have to order a pair or two and hope that when it gets to your house that they fit right. Otherwise, you're sending them back and waiting another two or three weeks for them to get, you know, the next set out to you. Uh, in that respect. So it was very frustrating. I mean, nowadays it's become a little bit more mainstream, it, it, even, and you know, e even doing the keto stuff. I was doing a low carb stuff early on. You you couldn't walk into Walmart or Publix or Winn-Dixie and buy a lot of this low carb, no carb stuff. It wasn't available. Um, you know, even GNC really didn't, and that's, you know, what's local here to me, didn't really have low carb, no carb options. I mean, I think the most they probably have is probably like Quest, I think was one of the more popular ones back then, five, six years ago. I mean, now you can walk into Walmart and buy pro premier protein drinks. You know, you, you can buy a lot of the stuff. It's more mainstream now. So when I was doing early on, I really struggled because like, you know, what can I replace my options with? Because there wasn't this stuff. There weren't these companies selling online yet, or at least they weren't mainstream where you couldn't really find them. You know, now it's like, you know, you're doing low carb, you got options. You know, there's a multitude of companies you can order from and, and it, it's expanding every day. You know, again, there were, you know, when I started back in 2014, these options didn't exist. You know, there weren't these low car, like Quest has, you know, I enjoy their protein chips that they have. That wasn't an option. I asked for low car protein chips back then. I would have gotten looked at like I had 10 heads. Nobody knew what the heck I was talking about. Well, it's wild to see the propagation, you know, of, of those materials. Like I, I remember like my first major weight, you know, my first quote unquote successful because I failed very quickly, but my first kind of major weight loss that like was massive, you know, was like 2011, 2012. And I remember like I was, I was doing like low carb paleo. And so I was using a fair amount of coconut oil. You could only find coconut oil in one at one store and they had one brand. And that was like the only place I could go to get it. And now when I started up again, you know, more recently and, you know, kind of started my journey up again in 2017, I remember walking through a general supermarket 
hitting the oil section and without even I wasn't even looking for it, but I was like, there are I'm in a regular supermarket and there's five brands of coconut oil right in front of me. Like it's the the prop the propagation well, because people, you know, obviously I, I think we all know, you know, they realized they could make money off of it. So, you know, it became, you know, it obviously became more lucrative, but it also makes access, you know, something that's much much, much better there. And like, I think you hit on something that's really important though for that, you know, I always want people to think about like the mental energy that it takes, like, yes, physically moving your body at 700 pounds was a feat. I'm sure. Like I, you know, like I, I think that's something that most of us even, you know, I mean, I was 540, but I still can't, you know, I probably can't imagine what it would be like to move my body at 700 pounds. Like the mental energy required just to do basic tasks throughout your day or when you were confronted with like a let's go to this place or go to that place and it's somewhere you haven't been before like just that sheer that sheer physical you know that that mental energy being not having to be devoted to that anymore is such a freedom that someone who's never been through it i don't think will ever really understand like you know i the other day at work i bent over to pick up a piece of paper without thinking about it and as soon as I did it, I, I had this moment of, I didn't even think about that. Like, I didn't, I didn't worry about like, am I going to stop breathing when I bend over? Am I going to have to sit? Is there somewhere for me to sit right away? Like, am I sweating? Like all the things that you used to think about, like when that goes away, like it, it, it's kind of amazing and powerful when you, when you make that realization. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's the thing too. I mean, there were days, you know, cause my mom worked, I was home by myself and you know, something would fall or, you know, something would be, let's say, out of my reach. I couldn't get to like, do I, do I risk getting this item? You know, because, you know, do I need to do I need to get on a stepladder and risk, you know, falling through the stepladder? Do I just leave it alone and say the hell with it? I'll deal with it when somebody gets home. And you're right. You, you, you people who have never been four five, six hundred, seven hundred pounds don't realize it, it, you wake up every day and it's like, OK, what do I got to do today? And, and you kind of lay it out in your head. And, and it's not being neurotic or anything like that. It's just. We at that weight, you know, male or female, it really doesn't matter, have to, you know, consciously make an effort like, all right, can I do this? And, and do I risk hurting myself by doing it? You know, I would go, one of the perks that I had to my weight loss and starting early on was, you know, my dietitian and the surgeon had asked me, you know, do you have access to a gym? I'm like, well, I have a clubhouse gym. I'm like, but they don't have equipment that can hold my weight. I said, but I do have a pool in my backyard. And that was mainly my exercise early on, I would basically just walk back and forth from the shallow into the deep end for a half hour, 45 minutes, maybe in the morning, and then do it again in the afternoon. As I started losing weight and I can, you know, can continue to do that, I would do it twice a day, you know, and that was my, really my exercise starting early on because, you know, at that weight, my knees were shot. I mean, as I'm still going through it now, my right knee was bone on bone at the time, you know, with the weight loss, that gap in my knee has kind of opened up, but you know, I'm going, as a matter of fact, I'm going for an MRI in the coming weeks to find out what's going on. I mean, yeah, I've lost the weight, but I can't escape the damage that was done. So, you know, it's something you still deal with even five and six years out. You know, the damage has been done and now I'm still dealing with it. And yeah, sometimes that sucks, but, you know, I did that to myself. Nobody did it to me. You know, it's just one of the things I got to deal with. But I mean, you go through that and it's like, even when I had lost the weight, I started I was probably in the after weight loss or I talked to my doctor, I'm like, you know, what are my options? You know, what can I do? She goes, to be honest with you, you have to be careful. She goes, even though you've lost the weight, she goes, your knee is still, you know, the damage has been done. She goes, one wrong move and you can blow a knee out. 
And she goes, and then you're talking about, you know, talking about sitting on the sidelines for 10 to 12 weeks and you want to talk about stalling progress. There's nothing like stalling progress where you can just sit on the couch all day and do nothing. So that's something I wasn't willing, you know, wasn't willing to risk. And I used the pool. I did a little bit of biking. Um, you know, I, I was biking. Oh, wow. I got into the 300s or so, the low 300. I started biking little by little. And I was, I was biking, you know, 15 to 20 miles a day. Uh, I couldn't do that at my heavy. Are you kidding me? If somebody had told me, listen, you're going to get, you're going to get the 300 pounds. You're going to be biking 15 miles a day. I would have left them. Oh, you're out of your freaking mind. You know, and here I was doing it, you know, an hour a day. I mean, my longest uh, biking was actually by mistake. It was like 33 miles. Uh, I had tried to find a trail that was near here and I thought there was an opening for it and it ended up not being one. So by the time I had to cycle all the way back, I think I did 30, 32 miles and change that day. Um, yeah, I was gone. And, you know, I didn't plan to be gone that long. I was short on water. I was dying by the time I got home. Uh, my legs felt like jello for a week after that. But let me tell you something. I never envisioned, you know, again, at five, 600 pounds, you don't envision doing those things. You know, you get to it, it's like, wow, I can't believe I'm doing this. You know, and I think you, you kind of forget because you've lived a life of, you know, being kind of idle, isolated and, you know, kind of just existing where it's like, wow, you forget what it's like to do this stuff. Well, I mean, to think about it, at 700 pounds, you were worried that furniture could hold you. You know, yeah, never mind thinking. That's true. Never mind. Never mind thinking that there's a bike out there. You know that you're gonna ride and you're gonna you're gonna go for 30 miles on. Like it's it that journey is is powerful, man. And what what I'm really curious about, like, because I would love to kind of like get into. Um, so it, we're going now. We're it's it's almost just about probably almost exactly you know six years ago for you now 2014 yep. is when you really kind of started this this journey you know all the twists and turns that we've we've gone through already like 2014 was when you you kind of flipped that switch and and started on this path like what what brought you to that point like what changed like why did you kind of get up then and say okay enough like what, what changed for yeah. Sal? So, I mean, I got to the end, uh, was, let's see, it was probably between Thanksgiving of, and Christmas of 2013. You know, I kind of got to the point where, um, you know, I kind of looked at my life. I was 32. Like I said, my father died. My father had his first heart attack in his low 30s. I was probably in the late 80s. So he was in his low 30s, probably at the time he had his first heart attack. Um, you know, I wasn't getting any younger. I got tired of really just kind of existing. I knew that if I didn't make a drastic turnaround, you know, the doctor basically told me it's not a matter of when you're going to die. It's not a matter if you're going to die. It's going to be when. And at this point, at your weight, she goes, it could be today. It could be tomorrow. It could be 10 years from now. She goes, but I can tell you right now, if you continue down this path, you will die. She goes, if you see 40, I'd be surprised. Um, you know, and my father dying at 42, you know, I realized if, I, you know, I had to make a change. Uh, I know that when I finally got to that point around the holidays that of 2013, I said to my mom, I sat her down and said, listen, I, I'm going to do weight loss surgery. And she looked at me with this terrified look in her face, you know, knowing that me going under is life and death. You know, at that point, you, you don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, I told him, like, I need to do this for me. You know, whatever happens, happens. I said, because if I continue down this road, I'm a dead man either way. I said, I might as well go out fighting and to me surgery is fighting because it's not the easy way out i know a lot of people like to scream from the roofs like, oh it's the easy way out and you have some fitness people out there who scream oh you know cutting out organs you know and all listen screw you um and and i say that in 
as heavy handed as I can uh, to keep this kind of PG because I, you know, there's another four letter word I'd use, uh, you know, but uh, you know, it's not the easy way. And I say that because like I told you, I'm somebody who's done it from both sides. I've done it naturally. I've done it with weight loss surgery. And I got to tell you, I would say looking back, the surgery stuff was harder than doing it naturally because there's, there's a, there's a punishment involved, you know, early on, whether you do the bypass or you do the, the sleeve that guy did, you eat too much and you're praying to the porcelain gods. Um, and there's one thing I hate more than anything is praying to the porcelain gods. I think I'd rather take a bullet to the leg. So, you, you know, it, it, there is a punishment involved if you don't follow the doctor's protocol after surgery. So, you know, I got like to, I got to the point where I just, I knew I had to make this U-turn and, you know, I had to fight. And I, you know, like I said, I got with a surgeon. I said, listen, I, I, this is what I'm thinking. They had a seminar in January of 2014. Uh, I met that first surgeon, I believe it was February 11th for my consultation and what it was going to take, what it was going to entail to go through their process and whatnot. What, you know, in my personal health condition, what the favorability was of actually going through surgery. And you know, he laid it all out on the table for me. And, um, you know, I knew that this is a route I had to go. Uh, it was an ends to a mean. And I knew that, listen, at any given point, I mean, you see some of the people even in Dr. Now's program, they don't make it. They lose 100, 200 pounds, and then they die because of some complication. Um, you know, I knew that was a very real possibility for me that, you know, I'm going to hear, I'm going to start losing weight and something's going to happen because you, you still are in that fragile zone where, you know, I, I was getting cellulitis constantly in my lower left leg. I mean, I was at the hospital here you know, uh, every few months and it would be for three, four days, you know, it got to a point where there was one uh, instance where I had cellulitis in that leg and I was home on the antibiotics and I got a blood infection and cellulitis again. Uh, I think I spent, yeah, I spent half the month of September of that year in the hospital. Um, you know, and any one of those instances could have killed me, you know, because the cellulitis came on fast and fierce. I, I'd feel fine. I'd be talking to you like I am now. And an hour from now, I'd be dying like I had the flu in bed. Fever would spike to 103, 104 to the point where I couldn't move. And, and that's the symptoms of cellulitis. It's that, that flu-like feeling, uh, achiness where I, I couldn't get out of bed. I, I just couldn't move. You know, getting to the hospital, you know, so again, you know, five, 600 pounds, you know, going to getting up, getting into a wheelchair to get me to at least the driver where I can get in the car and then get to the hospital was a chore. You know, and there were points I'm like, I don't want to go. I just can't move. Let's go in a few hours. Maybe this will pass a little bit where I can get up on my feet and, you know, get to the car. You know, it, it was one of those things where any one of those things along my journey, even while I was losing weight, could have killed me, you know, even before I got the surgery. So, I mean, again, we circle back to 2013, 2014. It's like I knew that if I didn't do something, I was going to die. It, it, you know, again, it wasn't a matter of uh, if but when. Uh, and I knew that it was always a question mark, like, you know, I'm going to go into this fight and I can die at any given point in time, but at least I'm going to go out fighting. I'm not going to go out, you know, where I'm just existing and just, you know, I'm here, you know, kind of thing. That wasn't living life. I mean, that was basically just existing. I'm breathing and I'm taking up space, but I'm not accomplishing anything. You know, uh, one of the things I did do when I was heaviest was I said, well, if I'm going to sit home and do nothing, I might as well go back and finish my degree. So I ended up getting my bachelor's and master's both in criminal justice from San Diego hey, wow. here in Florida. Yeah, I think, you know, and I speak like, well, how come you go into school? I'm like, you know, listen, I have all this time. I'm not doing anything with it. I might as well at least educate myself. You know, criminal justice is always something I was interested in. Um, you know, I grew up as a kid watching cops on Saturday night with my father. 
So it was always something I was intrigued about. Um, so I, I went and got my degree in it. Um, of course, unfortunately now, you know, I don't do, I, I don't use my degree as much as I'd love to. Uh, I, I do property management for a living. Um, but I mean, it's, I was home and I figured I might as well make use of my time. And I, I did really well at it. But, you know, I knew that there may come a day where I never get to use my talents because, you know, I was 700 pounds and I was fighting for my life. Uh, and that's essentially what I was fighting for. I was fighting for my life. Uh, you, you know, it's just one of those things. And that's what you had to do. Like, I, I think your perspective there is really important for people to hear. Like, it, it's not like you had 40 pounds to lose for a wedding or something along those lines and said, I'm going to I'm going to just surgery is the best tool for me to take to take that avenue like you were in a situation where you were you you chose you you obviously you know there there were there were twists and turns that got you there but your initial thought you know of, of i'm going to look into this surgery where people might say you know it's that surgery is dangerous well being 700 pounds is dangerous being 400 pounds is dangerous like weight is you know having weight that is that you know heavy is is something that is threatening your life to begin with. So if if you need to look into an option that is going to save your life, you know, and and that that's something is like I've talked to a couple of guys on the show who have used, you know, weight loss surgery as their tool. And and every so often, you know, I'll get one of those comments from someone that's like, "Oh yeah, that person took the easy way out." And I'm like, "Did you listen to anything this person said?" Like well, let me one, tell you, that you, infuriates me. Yeah, it infuriates like, me to no end to hear people say it's the easy way out because what I tell them is come walk, come walk 10 steps in my shoes at 600 pounds because I guarantee you, you won't make it too because it's not the easy way. And, and it, even now there's insurance companies out there with all the studies that were done and that continue to be done, how beneficial weight loss surgery is, not even just to lose weight because there are programs that now they'll do weight loss surgery for diabetics who have great success in getting off their insulin. So, you know, to have insurance companies even still sit there and say, well, we're not going to cover it. It's not medically necessary. Are you freaking kidding me? Uh, seriously, are you freaking kidding me? Uh, say that to 700 pound me that it, it's, it, you know, there's no, it's not medically necessary because I guarantee you, you and I would not be having this conversation today. Uh, I, I'd be dead and buried somewhere because at the track I was going, you know, I'd be 800 pounds by now or 900 pounds if I was still alive. If I was, if not, I'd be dead. So don't sit here as an insurance company. Don't sit here as somebody who's never lost the weight and say, oh, it's the easy way out. Because that is the biggest bunch of BS. Um, and those people are just, unfortunately, they're either ignorant or they're just really uneducated and have no idea what goes into the process. And again, I'm not somebody who was 700 pounds and just you know went to a doctor and said, yep, we'll do weight loss surgery on you next week, no problem. You know, I fought to get there. I had to lose 250 plus pounds just to get to that point to have surgery. And then the question I get is, well, how come surgery? Why not just continue going on your own? And my argument to that is, you know, weight loss surgery, when I look back at it, was something that gave me the best chance to succeed long term. You got to remember, weight loss surgery is an initial fix. Yeah, you lose weight relatively quickly. But you have to have that mindset moving forward because just as easy as you had weight loss surgery and what goes on with it. You can abuse it and put that weight back on. There's plenty of people who've had weight loss and failed. They've gained 100 pounds or gained 200 pounds or they're back to where they started. You know, they didn't live within the protocol and they gained the weight. Or, you know, you, again, you go to McDonald's and get a chocolate shake. What is a chocolate shake from McDonald's one these days? Seven, 800 calories. So, yeah, you might not be able to physically eat a gigantic Big Mac, but you're doing just as much damage, you know, by shoving a, a, a chocolate shake down your throat over the course of the next hour um, because it's so calorie dense. 
that, you know, you're doing the same thing. So you got to stay within that protocol and it's not the easy way out. I think maybe, you know, I, I, again, I don't know if it's just ignorance or just not being educated. You know, there was a fitness lady some years ago and I, I called her out on my Facebook page. She had put, you know, uh, she put some meme up about oh, cutting out an organ or whatever. And I said, and I call, I chewed her out on, I said, this is so what is the problem in the fitness industry or in the health industry as a whole. I look at it as it's an ends to me. As long as you do it healthy, whether it's naturally, whether it's paleo, whether it's low carb, no carb, you know, or, or, or you have certain, as long as it's done in a healthy manner, isn't the goal to be healthy, male or female? For me, my goal was to be between 200 and 250 pounds when I, when I, looked at everything. I'm sitting at around two and a quarter. I float between 220 and 230. That's my happy range, but I'm healthy. My blood work is healthy. The doctor looks at me. She goes, this is the healthiest you've ever been in the 20 years I've known you. You know, I have people I ran into back home when I went up to visit last year. Like, I can't believe they almost didn't recognize me because the pictures online don't do it justice. Healthy. I'm not saying, you know, listen, if somebody's going to lose weight by starving themselves, that's not healthy. You know, but if you do it in a healthy manner, regardless of the method you choose, who cares? Who really cares? That person is getting healthy. That's what matters. I don't care the method in which you choose. As long as you don't choose starvation or whatever, you know, in an unhealthy way of doing it. But as long as you do it in a healthy manner, who cares how one gets there? I don't see the, I don't see the, you know, the, I don't really don't make the correlation. I don't care. Well, it speaks to in our society that, you know, bigger than than weight loss and fitness like we 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 have such worry about what other people are doing and we we take value you know kind of like how does it even affect you at the end of the day if it's not something you're doing like really even even if it's something you disagree with fundamentally you know how does it impact you like what is it really doing to your life if someone else is using a, a different tool it doesn't and like that's it, where it I, I think i think i think people get really wrapped up in that but one of the things I think is really evident, you know, obviously, Sal, just even listening to you talk about that, that, that side of this topic, you know, is your, your tenacious nature and your passion. And what I want to, you know, what I want to talk about a little bit, because there's, there's another kind of stage to your journey that I do want to get to, um, that I think a lot of people will want to hear about. But before we get there, I would love to, to get into a little bit about you hit so many roadblocks on this journey. Like you said, like, you know, bumps in the road, you know, you, you were jumping hurdles left and right, you know, okay, get to here and do this. Okay. Wait, no, that's not going to work. Get to here and do this. You literally went in for surgery. You were brought out of it and we're told it, it didn't happen. You know, you got to do X, Y, and Z now. Like what has kept you going? Like why? Because I think about myself and the number of times that like I've succeeded and failed on this journey, you know, when, and I've, I've backslid and run into all those issues. Like what has kept you moving forward? Like what the, the, the day you woke up and found out that the surgery didn't happen and the doctor said you need to lose another hundred pounds. What kept you from crumbling? Like what, what do you, th what do you think are the, the things that people need to think about to keep them going when they run into these things? So one of the things I haven't said yet. So back in 2013 and 2014, when I started that one of the first things I said to myself after the holidays had passed was. And it's such a small phrase, but it, and it's nothing special, but I'm not going to fail this time because I had tried so many times before. But, you know, and I think there was a lot of people when I said I was going to lose weight this time and I was dead serious. But I think a lot of people say, yeah, yeah, we've heard this story before. 
Uh, and some family included in that, um, not just friends of mine, but some family, I think, had some doubts, too. Like, yeah, we've heard this song and dance. He's lost 10 pounds and he put on 30. Um, but m- the phrase to myself was, I am not going to fail this time. So I got to that point where I had that surgery that was aborted in 20, uh, uh, 2015 that, you know, I, like I said, I had to take a long, hard look. And like, you know, what am I doing? Uh, but I realized I'd come so far that I wasn't going to give up. You know, I, I had faced, you know, again, I had faced adversity more or less from my early teenage years, you know, my father passing in high school and, you know, these roadblocks that are put up in front of me. And, you know, I wasn't going to let all my hard work, all the blood, sweat and tears I put into that point. That was not going to be my defining moment. That was not going to be the point where I said, man, well, the hell with this it ain't going to happen and just give up. Uh, I, I refused. And, you know, my father was my main motivation to keep it on, you know, going with this. Uh, as we kind of stretched into, you know, late 2016, um, my sister had told me uh, that she was having a baby. Uh, her and her fiance at the time uh, decided that they were having a baby. And, you know, that became like a secondary motivation to me because, you know, he would be my first, you know, blood nephew. Uh, we didn't know he was a boy at the time, but uh, he ended up being a boy. So, you know, it would have been my first blood nephew. And he became like a secondary motivation for me to keep on going because, you know, now I got a little guy who's going to look up to me. You know, we, like I said, we all lived together at the time. So, you know, here's this little guy who's going to look up to his uncle and say, hey, look, at my uncle's a fighter. He's going he's gonna to kick the crap out of anything that comes and gets in his way from what he wants to do. Uh, so, you know, it was those things that came up. You know, my dad was my primary motivation. Then, you know, my little nephew was my secondary motivation. Um, but just that, that, that not wanting to give up, you know, I, I had fought so hard, you know, and, and again, it was so many years of just the status quo, just, you know, not giving a crap that hey, let's try something else this time. You know, I am not going to fail. And I kept telling myself that that's one of the things I told myself, I'm like, Oh, listen, weight loss surgery didn't work this time. We got to go back to the drawing board. I know I can lose the weight on my own and I continue to lose a little bit. Um, but then ultimately I hit that stall in 2016. And I'm like, all right, well, nothing's going on here. I maybe it's something I need to circle back to and see if this is an option that's available. And it ended up being one for me, uh, knowing that I could have went into that second attempt and it didn't work out again. You know, would that have been devastating? Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, I'm not one at this point that was going to give up. And I think my mom saw it because I think I heard my mom say to my uh, my aunt a couple of times, you know, he's a, he's stubborn this time. He's you know, we had pizza for dinner on a Saturday night. He had one slice and that was it, you know, where I could eat three, four five slices prior. Uh, and even at that point, without surgery, I could have done it. But it was one slice, and that was dinner. That was it. And I didn't care that there was – I wanted another slice. you know. And I think people started seeing that change in my mindset. Like, yeah, he really wants it this time because he's lost 100 pounds. He's lost 150 pounds. He's lost 200 pounds. You know, there, there was no stopping me at that point. Uh, I wasn't going to let anybody sabotage the progress that I'd made. You know, and there were a lot of nights where it's like like, and, and I and I say that figuratively, blood, sweat, and tears because there was a lot of blood, you know, and trying to – work out and you, you hit my, you know, my thick leg on something and I cut it and I'd be bleeding and, you know, the crying, it's like, what the hell am I doing? Why did I let it get to this point? You know, and then isolation um, and, and then the sweat of just putting in the work day after day, you know, just to get to where I needed to be. And I wasn't going to quit. You know, I, I was not going to fail this time. That was really the phrase that solidified it from the beginning. And I tell myself that even now where I'm in maintenance, you know, the scale goes up a little bit. I don't freak out. Like it is what it is, you know, redirect a little bit and I will not fail this time. 
I love that, man. Like, I, I, I think that encapsulates how, you know, finding that motivation so really, really well. And it's clear that, you know, you fought your way through a lot of challenges and over a lot of hurdles and lost, you know, over 400 pounds, which is incredible. And then you find you, you hit your, you know, your weight, the, kind of the, near the end of your weight loss, and you get to look at your, your body and what's happened yep. and kind of what's left and what's left behind, literally. And that's, that's, that's right. That's kind of, and that's funny because like, honest, to be honest with you, Sal, I first, I think I first discovered you a, a couple of years ago when you were first, or it, it might've been a year ago or wherever it was when you were, before you even got involved with the television show and that we haven't even talked about yet. Like yep. and you were talking about kind of like the results of your weight loss and, and your skin issues and, you know, wanting to find a solution for that. And, you know, I was obviously really inspired by where you were at. Like I had just kind of got, had my journey starting then. And it, it's, it's amazing because I think that's something people don't really think about. Like when you lose, you know, that much weight, the, the container that held all that weight in doesn't just disappear. No, it doesn't. And I think that's, that's, see, that's the also misperception. Oh, it's like, oh, work out more or exercise more. And I had this discussion with somebody like, if working out more, exercise more would make this go away, you'd, I'd stay on a treadmill all day. This is not something that's just going to go away. Uh, the show is actually kind of a, a freak thing that actually, you know, kind of came upon my life. So, you know, uh, I reached out to Skin Tight via TLC's website. I believe it was January. It was winter time of 2017. Didn't hear back anything. Um, March, April, I gave it another stab. I sent another email. They had that casting section on their website. And um, yeah, a couple more months went by, and I didn't hear nothing. And it was June time. It was right around my birthday because my birthday's in June. I get uh, an email from them from – asking you know, to set up a, a interview with me and you know we went through that whole process uh did like an hour-long uh skype interview with them and then we got to i'll never forget the day it was july of 2017 and i got a phone call um from a texas number which is where the production company is based and i was barbecuing barbecue chicken that night for dinner like i said i'll never forget it and she goes hey i just want to let you know we just heard back from the network and that uh you're one of the first ones they've chosen and I went inside and told my mother, I'm like, you know, all the all the worry of trying to get this situated, because I'll tell you right now, I went to multiple plastic surgeons here in the Tampa Bay area that basically gave me, a, you know, prices of 90 to like $125,000 to get all the skin removed. It, would, it was anywhere from like three to six surgeries, depending on the surgeon. You know, I had people saying, oh, well, go to Mexico or, you know, go to wherever in, in South America. I'm like, yeah, it's not that easy. This is not not a simple procedure. You know, you're out of the country. And, and I even talked to my weight loss surgeon. I said, listen, I went there for a follow-up and I said, what do I do? He goes, listen, I'll tell you right now. He goes, I, I understand it's cheaper. Yes. There's good doctors down there who'll do it. He goes, but if you come back home to the States, he goes, there's not a doctor within a million miles of you. That's going to take care of you. If something goes horribly wrong, he goes, you, you become a liability because now if, if you get an infection and you're home here in Tampa and you got to go to the hospital, he goes, that's going to be on that doctor if you die, heaven forbid. It's going to be his statistic that you died on his watch, not the doctor who did it in Mexico or South America. He goes, it's a risk. He goes, and that's something you got to weigh. He goes, yeah, you'll save a boatload of money going there. 
And he goes, but what risk are you putting? He goes, and I have, and he said, he has no financial interest in this. You know, he's my weight loss surgeon. It's not like he can do the surgery for me. So he's like, listen, if you, you know, I'm telling you as my, you know, my patient, I, I don't have any financial interest in this. You go there, you know, whoever you go with, you're, you're putting your life in their hands. But understand if you come home and there's an issue, what are you going to do? And I kind of ran into a little bit of that even with doing it in this country. You know, so I had a little bit of a issue with my uh, chest uh, surgery that I had, which was my last one, where I had some necrotic tissue and I had to deal with, you know, wound care and all that stuff. And, you know, again, it's, it's very few doctors want to take that on because God forbid of anything, they don't want the liability of this patient died on my watch because of something I didn't do. I was just taking care of them. And, and I get it. But I mean, the show was kind of a freak thing. Um, it, it was a really interesting process. Uh, yeah, one of the questions everybody asked me is, Dr. Now, how he is on TV? Yeah, the same guy you see on TV is the same way he is in his office, camera on, camera off. He is not going to sugarcoat things. Um, you know, he, he, he was great. Uh, I ran into a little bit of a complication at first surgery. Guy calls me at one o'clock in the morning. I called his office. The answering service got a hold of him. He called me at one o'clock in the morning in my hotel, you know, basically just said, gave me the directions. He goes, if you need me, call me in the morning. I'll follow up. And he called me the next morning. I think it was about 10, 11 o'clock. Said, everything okay? I'm like, yeah, the bleeding had slowed down because uh, I'd had too much blood thinner that they had given me because uh, I was on blood thinners prior to surgery. So they had to kind of continue that regimen with a different drug. But I had a little bit too much. He goes, hold off on it. He goes, if there's anything, let me know. But yeah, really good. Um, the show, like I said, the show is kind of a freak thing, but it was my prayer that was answered because uh, there was no way. I mean, I had a GoFundMe at the time. You know, I did a bunch of media in the local market, um, trying to raise some money. And, and, you know, that money did help with stuff that the show didn't cover, you know, co-pays, drugs, supplies that I need to order, uh, all that kind of stuff. And, and I was fortunate because, again, like you said, you, you lose all this weight and you get healthy. You're doing the right thing. And then you look in the mirror. It's like, what the hell did I do to myself? Because now your mindset's different. You don't you don't think about it when you're 600 pounds, 700 pounds. Oh, you know what the skin's going to do down the road. No, you don't really think of us. Now you're sitting here at two, you know, 250, 275. It's like, holy crap, what did I do to myself? You know, how am I going to get this taken care of? Because then it was, you know, changing from taking care of one thing with the doctor. Now I was going to the doctor every like week or two for either creams or steroids to, you know, keep the rashes at bay. Because here I am exercising, trying to, you know, continue to lose weight. And I get this flare up of a rash you know, in my groin area from the skin that's hanging out or behind my knees where the, the skin was hanging down there. It's like, you know, okay, so I lost the weight. I did what's right. And now I'm still suffering from the byproduct of it. It's like, you know, when am I going to catch a break here? Uh, and, and again, I wasn't getting anywhere in terms of, you know, again, 90 to $125,000. Well, I don't know about you, but I ain't got that kind of money sitting in my bank account. So it's like, it's that helpless feeling of what do I do? You know, and even raising the money I'd raised, you know, I think I had a little over 10,000. You know, it, it was basically a, a deposit, but okay, where am I still getting the other 80, 90, $100,000 from to go through with this? You know, my, I said to my mom, like, you know, I, I don't know what my options are here. You know, I had thought about maybe taking that money before the show came on and, and investing it to see if I can get like an increase on a return somehow, like, you know, put it in the stock market, see if I can put it, put in 10,000 and make it turn into 15 or 20,000. Okay. That's a nice bump. Still short of where I need to be. But, you know, there was so many things going through my head. It's like, what do I do? You know, so I just basically put it in a savings account. And then, like I said, the show came along um, completely by surprise. And then, like I said, I hit the uh, – I did my first surgery right after Thanksgiving. I did my second surgery uh, Super Bowl week of 2018. And I did my third surgery. It was March of 2018. And then the show aired in April. Um, and one of the hardest things was I couldn't tell anybody. 
uh, you know, because you're under a gag order contract, all that other stuff with the, the network. And it, you talk about like, I'm finally getting out there. I'm free from weight loss and I'm out enjoying the world to now, which I can't tell anybody. I can't talk to anybody about it. I mean, other than my immediate family who was helping take care of me, you know, I couldn't call you, know, you and say, hey, listen, I just had surgery. I feel freaking great. You know, it, it, was, it was like I was back to being isolated again because now I'm back sitting in bed. I can't do nothing. You know, it's basically sit around all day and watch TV. Careful what you're eating because you don't want to, you know, gain weight because you're not really burning many calories. But but you also have to intake enough to allow your body to heal. And it's like, you know, I went through it all by myself. I didn't have a girlfriend at the time. You know, yeah, again, family was there, but it's, you know, family gets it, but it's it's only so much. You know what I mean? It's a weird thing because my mom understood I was suffering because I was in pain. My sister who was there, brother-in-law who was there with me during those times, my friend in Texas who actually came and visited me. Uh, in my hotel room because she worked right around the corner from one of the hotels I'd stayed at with the show. You know, they got it, but I couldn't talk to people about it. Like I couldn't call so-and-so and say, hey, listen, you know, I just had surgery. I feel like crap. You know, it was basically a very isolating time. I couldn't talk to anybody. You know, and all my followers who, you know, I never did the following social media for the attention. I didn't care if I had one follower or a million. I, I never did it for that. But the people who follow me, like, yo, hey, what's going on? You've kind of went dark kind of thing. I'm like, hey, listen, I'm doing fine. I'm maintaining nothing's moving. And I'll never forget, I had posted in one of the private groups that I was in uh, once I was allowed to that, hey, I'm going to be on the show. I suggest you watch you know, TLC this night. And one of the girls, she goes, I freaking knew it. I told my husband he was doing something with TV because all of a sudden he's gone from posting pictures every weekend to weight loss up to all of a sudden it was just like food pics. And like I said, there was no pictures of me at that time. It was like a blackout period. And she goes, I freaking knew you were doing something. Like, yeah, I couldn't say anything. I couldn't say anything to anybody. You know, very few people knew. And even then they were, you know, my family was signed a contract and a few people uh, who knew they filmed a little snippet for me for the show. So they kind of knew I was doing, but outside of nobody really knew. So I really couldn't say, it, but it was very isolating. Like I had nobody to like confide in other than, I mean, again, you, my mom's there, my sister's there, my brother-in-law, now brother-in-law's there. They, they get it, but there was nobody like, you know, there's certain things you don't tell your family that you tell your friends and certain things you tell your friends, you don't tell your family, that kind of thing. I didn't have a girlfriend at the time. So it was just basically me. You know, I had to sit there and, you know, I, I felt isolated again. Here I am sitting in bed 12 hours a day because I can't, I can't go running. I can't go biking, can't go swimming. You know, I have miles of incisions on me uh, and I can't do nothing. So it was one of those frustrating things. And, you know, I have a girlfriend now who is uh, she like, she's like, I'm so sorry you had to go through that on your own. I'm like, it is what it is. It was just maybe that was God's way of saying you need, you need to fight this on your own. You don't need to bring anybody else into this or, or, or you know. And she's great and she's so supportive. And I tell him, like, you know, I, I hope you don't mind the miles of scars on me. I'm like, you know, because, again, I think people don't realize is now, yeah, you've gone through skin removal. But that's still that, that psychological look. Yeah, this excess skin is gone. But, you know, I got feet and feet and feet of incision lines all over my body, arms, legs, chest, waist. I mean, there's always that, that thing there. I'll never be a George Clooney or a Brad Pitt. I'm not that I was ever going to. But – you know, there's always that that look in the mirror where it's like, you know, there's still that, oh, my God, what did I do to myself? Yeah, it's fixed now. It's as good as it's going to be. But, you know, why did I let it get so bad? You know, how come it let, got so out of control? Uh, why didn't I do anything to stop it at the time? And again, a lot of it's mindset. Maybe I didn't want to do anything about it. I, I don't I mean, I don't I can't tell you. Nobody consciously wants to get to 700 pounds. Nobody's like, hmm, my goal today is to go from 701 to 710. Let's see how much food I can shove down my face to get there. Nobody's waking up and making that decision. It just kind of happens. You know, you subconsciously, you go to McDonald's and you, you order 10,000 calories worth of food and you eat it 
and you move on. You don't think about it. I mean, I wasn't going like, hmm, let's see, how can I gain 10 pounds today? No, that's not my mindset. But you still live with it now. Even now, I look in the mirror and, you know, I'm six years in. I still see that, you know, that that fat guy in the mirror. Like, you know, it's that psychological. And I know I'm not, but it's still that psychological look of, wow, what did I do? And I told my girlfriend, well, listen, and, and again, it, it's, it goes to that in, a little bit of insecurity, even, you know, intimacy kind of like when I first met her. Was like, you know, what is she going to think? Because, you know, yeah, you could see my arm scars when I'm wearing a cutoff T-shirt. You might see my leg scars depending on what length of shorts I'm wearing. But now, now you're fully exposed in a bedroom situation with your significant other. And it's like, is she going to freak out when she sees all these miles of scars that I have? You know, and she go, and I, I've told her this. I'm like, you know, the first time we were intimate, it's like, you know, I was like my heart was racing, not because I'm naked in front of you, but because of what you're going to think seeing all the damage that was done that's left behind. You know, I have this gigantic scar in the center of my chest from the necrotic tissue that healed. I mean, it's like front and center. You can't miss it. I mean, you know, so, you know, not everybody can deal with that. Um, so it's just one of those things, but she's been super supportive. She's been a, a rock in the times that I felt insecure. She, always kind of talks me off that ledge. Like, you know, don't worry about it. I love you for you. You know, I, I didn't fall in love with you because of your scars, but understand that your scars are a part of the story you've been through. It's nothing to be ashamed of. It's nothing to be concerned about. Because if anything, I love you more for it because it shows what a warrior you are. And to go on top of that, you had to do it essentially by yourself because you couldn't tell anybody because of the show and the contract and all that stuff. It's not like you went to you know Mexico and you went to die. You had plastic surgery and your friends all come and visit you in the hospital. She goes, you basically get to sit in the hospital essentially, you know, minus your family by yourself. So those scars even speak more loudly to say, well, crap, you really had to do this on your own. You know, you couldn't tell the public, you couldn't get that support from everybody who supported you all along losing weight. You had to be essentially radio silence and kind of going to that cocoon of just you and your immediate inner circle of my mom and sister and brother-in-law um, to fight that battle on your own. But then again, there's certain things you tell your family, you don't tell your friends. And there's certain things you tell your friends, you don't tell your family, you know? And, and again, my family was a, a rock star. I, geez, I couldn't have done this without them. You know, my mom in her older age, you know, flying to an unknown city by herself while I'm stuck in a hospital, I can't even drive her around. I'm worried about, is she going to get back to the hotel? Okay. You know? Um, I know she was terrified. Um, and she ended up getting sick the one time she was there too. And she couldn't even come visit me in the hospital. So talk about even feeling more paralyzed. My mom's worried sick that here I am in the hospital, just went through a 10 hour operation. And now she can't even come visit me in the hospital. She's not feeling good. Um, and I'm worried about what the hell's going on in the hotel. Like, you know, I can't even be there to help her. And I told him like, you have to call the ambulance, call the ambulance. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I'm stuck here. You know, you have the rental car. I can't drive. It was my arm surgery where that happened. Um, so it's just one of those things like, you know, you, you have to fight through those things. And, you know, we couldn't tell anybody. And it was just I had to fight through it on my own. But I am blessed to be able to have gone through that situation with the show. Uh, I am grateful for the opportunity that they gave me. Uh, you know, Dr. Now, his staff, the production company, TLC, Discovery Channel behind it to all of them. Because I don't know if I ever would have had skin removal. Uh, I did a lot of media and hoping that maybe there was a plastic surgeon that would take mercy on me and say, listen, I'm going to help this guy out. And that didn't happen. You know, so I am grateful for them for the opportunity that they afforded me. Uh, I, I count my blessings every day that I was going, go, had gone through that process. 
Uh, I'm hopeful that they bring back another season. I'd love to see another group of you know people go through it because it is life changing. Uh, I wake up every day now not having to worry about am I going to get a rash because I go biking or go running. You know, I can live free. You know, yeah, there is some like I said we talked about earlier a little bit of damage. I'm still dealing with some knee issues and here and there. But I mean, you know, you're never going to escape all the damage you did. But I'm living more or less free of obesity. I've defeated the disease that is obesity. Because that's what it is. It is a disease. And I think that's the main thing people need to understand is it's a disease like anything else. And you need to fight it every day. I beat it, but I have to continue fighting it because it can creep back in on you. And that's – and so you really like – again, I love that your your Instagram handle has Odyssey in it because like this truly has been an odyssey that you've been on. You know, from the weight loss journey aspect to the weight loss surgery to – now going through, you know, alone going through, you know, the skid removal because, you know, we're a part of the show and the, the, the different facets that were there and the, all of that you had to face to get through that. And now coming out the other side, like what, 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 what is next for you? Like, what do you see as the next kind of challenges that are, that are coming your way? Like, what are, what are the things that you want to accomplish now? So my accomplishment right now are more on a personal level. Uh, I mean, I, I'm obviously in a maintenance phase. I want to maintain my weight range. Like I said, 220 to 230. That's kind of like my sweet spot. I had gotten down to a low of about 211. Um, you know, I kind of reevaluated when I got there. I, I felt a little too thin, um, if that even makes any remote sense. But I mean, for a guy who's 700 pounds to say, now I'm 210 and I'm too thin. I mean, talk about a little bit of crazy. But, you know, so I, I, I delicately and methodically put a little bit of more weight back on and got in my range of 220 to 230. And I'm maintaining that. Um, but now my, my goals are, you know, I got a great girlfriend. My you know hope is to one day, uh, propose and get married and, you know, something even a few short years ago, I didn't think having a family was a possibility. Uh, so I would like to have a family. Um, you know, I'm looking at possibly buying a house in the next you know year to 18 months, which wasn't even on the table that long ago. Uh, you know, a lot of it, some of it's also career driven. You know, I want to move up in my career and, uh, do what I need to do there. And, uh, you know, I found a great company that I work for now. That's a, a great fit. Uh, we're a, a tight knit group. You know, I work with great people every day uh, in and out of the office uh, where I am. So, I mean, it, it's a great group of people uh, and I hope to move up within the company, um, you know, as my time there increases, but, you know, right now, a lot of it's, you know, maintaining my weight range. Uh, like I said, starting a family, getting married at some point, like I said, my girlfriend has been, uh, unbelievable. Uh, she's been everything I, I've always wanted in a partner, uh, very supportive. And, and she on herself has gone through a weight loss journey of her own. And, and she's been extremely successful at it. And, and my hat's off to her because, you know, uh, I don't know what her support system was like. Uh, but, you know, anytime anybody goes through a weight loss journey, you have to, you know, you got to fight it with or without support. And unfortunately, there are people out there that have to do it on their own. They don't have the support of their family or their significant other or their friends. And they got to bite the bullet and just do what they need to do. But uh, my goals right now, like I said, are, are get married, uh, continue to, you know, like I said, buy a house in the next year to 18 months, uh, maybe have a family if, if I should be so lucky and blessed to have at least one child. Because, you know, there were times years ago before I started that, you know, again, 700 pounds, one, nobody's going to date you at 700 pounds, two, you know, the isolated nature, you can't meet anybody if you don't get out there. Uh, three, was it even possible at that way to have a kid? And then again, what kind of condition would I put my kid in? You know, here's daddy, 700 pounds, can't do anything. Um, you know, so it wasn't really a possibility at the time. And, and I kind of resigned myself to, 
yeah, I'm not going to have kids. You know, I just kind of the mindset I was at 700 pounds. But then as things started changing, I started losing weight. Like, hey, having kids is possible. Uh, and I kind of got that point when a family member of mine came to visit with her kids and her husband. Um, I was playing with uh, their son. And I think he was about four or five at the time. And I had lost a little bit of weight. And I'm like, I could really see myself having a family one day. I'm like, in my mindset, that kind of changed. Like, you know, well, crap, I went from I can't have a family to, hey, maybe one day I will. If I keep going down this road and losing weight and doing the right thing, a family's a possibility. Hey, listen, we can control so much and I'll leave that to the powers that be. And if I'm fortunate enough to have a kid, great. Uh, if not, then listen, I can't get back the years I lost. And there's other ways to have kids, maybe adoption or, you know, uh, IVF and all that stuff. And that's something I'll, a girlfriend and I will talk about when the time is right. But you know, if I'm blessed to have one, I'd love to. But if not, then, you know, listen, I can't go back and change the past. I just have to move forward. Uh, but like I said, I've been extremely blessed with a second opportunity uh, that not everybody gets. And I'm going to take full advantage of it and go do things, you know, even simple things. You know, I went to Disney. I, I walked like 10 miles around Disney. Again, five years ago, if you told me you're going to walk 10, 10 miles around Disney, I would have looked at it like, do me a favor. Go have yourself committed because you're out of your freaking mind. I ain't walking around Disney. And here I was doing it. And I've done it multiple times over the last couple of months. Uh, and again, just those things, just enjoying life, going to the beach, going to see a sunset, you know, going to Disney and, and what I'm walking around the various parks. Uh, one of the things I'd love to try and do if I can convince my girlfriend to do it is to do like skydiving or like a bungee jumping thing here. I, I'd love to do something like that. My mom, if she hears this, is probably gonna think you're out of your freaking mind, but you know, those things are things that we didn't think about when you're, you know, five, four or five, 600 pounds, 700 pounds. So it's like, you know, I want to do that stuff. I'll probably have a heart attack in the process of doing it. But I mean, you know, it's something I want to do. It's something that, you know, you, you didn't think about doing those things. Going to arena events and concerts where I don't have to think, I'm like, oh my God, where am I sitting? Do they have a chair that's going to fit me? How am I going to get to the car, to the arena? No, it's like, hey, I'm going to a hockey game and boom, let's go. Uh, we got to be there in an hour and just go. And walk in, buy your ticket, and get, go to your seat without much thought behind it, other than the fact that we had to decide on what game we're going to. And that's, I, I think what you, you're exemplifying, like you're explaining really, really well, is that you started out this journey fighting to live. And you got that life back. And now you can live it. Like, it's not just now that you don't have to every day. Not every day isn't about fighting to survive anymore. Now you're thriving. Now you're in that place of you can make those choices that are going to allow you to have new life experiences that you didn't think were possible before because realistically they weren't possible. You know, there were things that just were not possible. And I think that's that's incredibly inspiring. And I, I think that's one of the things that I, I think is different when I, I when I share the story of someone, you know, I, I we all have and I get I get feedback sometimes where people are like, you know, you talk differently when you talk to someone who's got 400 pounds to lose versus someone who's got 100 pounds to lose. And there's perspective on our journeys. And we all kind of feel ch challenges in similar ways, no matter what, how big our mountains are that we have to move. But I do think there's a reality to coming from 700 pounds into a place of success that needs to be not just honored, but also really kind of like a some good punctuation put into it so that people can see that you can be, you know, quote unquote, a lost cause. You can be someone who doesn't see the future, but because you found that spark of motivation, you were able to make it happen and you were able to fight your way out of that place. And I just honestly, I, I think that's, that's amazing, man. Like I I throw the word amazing around a lot, but I always mean it. And I, I think what you've been able to do and what you show us is possible is something that, you know, I think is going to, you know, 
continue because I know you've impacted a lot of lives already. Like your story has has a, had a big. It's had an impact on me before we were even talking. And thank I, you. I, thank I, think I appreciate that. I, I just I think it's incredible that not only are you showing that change is possible, but you can you can beat this this monster. You can beat this disease, and you can come out on the other side. And learn to thrive and learn to get those experiences that you thought you were never going to have. Absolutely. And one of the things, you know, to leave people with is you got to want it and you got to fight for it. Nobody's going to do it for you. And listen, you're going to have people, if, you, if you're going down this road and you're, you're new to starting and you're thinking of weight loss surgery, you're going to have people who try to discourage you from doing it for whatever the reason. They don't know. And let me tell you, I watch a lot of YouTube videos. Or I watch a lot of surgeries. The actual surgery I had. And my, you know, my mom would come on, what do you watch? I'm like, oh, I'm watching the search. She goes, you're out of your mind. And I'm like, you know, how do you watch that stuff? I'm like, cause I want to know, but listen, you have to do what's good for you. Whether you have support or not, you have to put all the facts in front of you and make the constant. Yes, this is what I'm going to do. No, this is what I'm not going to do and move forward. Uh, don't get discouraged. The scale is, you know, fickle at best. Um, you, you see a number you don't like, you know, make some course corrections, but by all means, don't give up. Uh, there was plenty of hurdles that were put in front of me. I could have just said, you know what, I'm done. I'm, I'm not going to fight this fight anymore. Uh, it, it's just too much of a mountain to overcome, but you got to keep going. I, I promise you this. If you keep going, the reward at the end will be everything and everything you can imagine. Uh, it's been so beneficial to me, my life. Uh, I'm able to run around my house with my soon-to-be three-year-old nephew uh, I, I, I'm able to do things with my girlfriend that, you know, five, six years ago, I couldn't envision doing with my girlfriend, such as walk around Disney and go to the beach and see a sunset. Uh, it, these small things, but years ago, I couldn't enjoy this stuff. Fight for it. Uh, put your whole heart into it. Be honest with yourself. You know, if you're going to eat that piece of cookie or that brownie, understand that you got to trade off those calories somewhere or just let it be a treat day and that's it. Have that brownie and move on. Um, but, you know, Understand that you got to fight um, and, and don't give up. Uh, giving up is what got me to 700 pounds. Uh, now I'm fighting every day. And yeah, there are days it's exhausting. Don't get me wrong. There are days I'm like, you know, listen, I just want a hamburger and I just want to eat it with the bun and I don't care. And, and I will. But then you get back on track and, and you keep going. You enjoy it and you move on. I'm, hey, listen, I have cheat days much like anybody else does. But I mean, at the same token, you know, I didn't want to give up and I knew what that was going to entail. So keep fighting. I promise you the rewards that you'll get when you get there are worth it. Even as much pain as I'm in now, my bad knee, uh, I would do it again in a heartbeat. Uh, the only thing I kick myself sometimes is that I didn't do this sooner and that the doors or the, the, the switch in my head didn't click on at 500 pounds or you know 600 pounds. Why did it have to take to get to 700 pounds when my head finally said, hey, we can't continue to do this anymore. And, hey, by the way, click, there goes the switch. And now we're in that mindset where I got to do this, to, you know, the fight or flight mode to kind of turn it around before I die. Why it didn't happen sooner? I can't answer that. Uh, all I know is I'm glad it finally did kick in. Uh, I'm glad that my head and the support that I had pushed me to keep going. Uh, the days that I was down, the people that picked me up, anybody who sent me messages along the way that, you know, I inspire them, you know, have been humbling. Um, you know, I, I didn't set out, like I said, there, there are some people out there that do this for fame and notoriety. That, that's not what I set out for. I, I didn't even go public when I first started. My Facebook page became a, a, a thing in uh, 2015, uh, a year plus after I started because the drumbeat in my personal life is, hey, you should go public. There'd really be people who would love to see this side of you. Uh, and I said, all right, you know, 
I'll never forget posting my first body shot out there. I almost having a heart attack when I posted online. I'm like, you know, because once you ring the bell of the internet, you can't unring it. Um, but it was so well received. And I'm like, you know, I, I just, I do it every day. Um, cause I know there's people out there who struggle, but I want to show them that, Hey, it's possible. Keep fighting. I, you know, I, it will happen. I understand there are struggles in everybody's life, but it'll happen. Hit those roadblocks, hit them dead on, go, you know, barrel through them. And when, listen, when that roadblock doesn't want to give navigate around it, find a way, you know, my motivation originally was my father. My secondary motivation became my nephew. Uh, if there was a third motivation, it's I enjoy life now. I, I don't want to be the point where I'm sitting in bed saying, oh, my God, I can't move. You know, I want to be out there enjoying life to its fullest because there was a point in time where I wasn't. And there may have been a time where I didn't get to enjoy it all because I would have been dead. So I'm going to take full advantage of the second opportunity I've been given. Well, I, I have no doubts that you will, Sal. And I have I've really appreciated your your spending this time with us today. We've been talking for a while and I don't want to I don't want to take up too much of your life this Saturday, you know, while we're, while we're recording, <laughs> no, not you know, a you, you but, but what I would love to do, like, I, I think that kind of puts a great point on, on where your story has come to. And I just am really excited for people to kind of follow along and see where things go for you as you continue to thrive and live your life. And if it's OK with you, we're going to we're going to go to the Fat Guy Five, which is our closing questions. Does that sound good, man? Sounds good. OK, so. After that, we'll talk about how people can find you because I want to give people that opportunity. But first, we're going to handle the five questions that I like to throw to every guest. Uh, it's it's the Fat Guy Five. And, and Sal, question number one is, living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? Oh, wow. Uh, that That's a tough one. <laughs> mm. uh, I, I You know, it's funny. Growing up as a kid, I watched, you know, Tommy Boyce. So I, I probably have to say Chris Farley was probably one of the uh, the – Funny guys that I'd like watch growing up. You know, he was a chunky guy. Unfortunately, he left us too soon, but uh, oh, yeah. always made me laugh. Tommy Boy still makes me laugh, even though I'm, you know, 38 years old and still gives a smile on my face every time I watch it on TV. There you go. There you go, man. And and thinking back to 700 pounds, Sal, uh, Sal, question number two is what was your quintessential fat guy meal? Oh, boy. Uh, going back to 700 pounds, Sal would have to be something, you know, down home cooking. I got an Italian mom and uh, she makes a, a killer lasagna, a killer baked ziti. So yeah, a nice helping plate of that uh, would probably be like my go-to uh, at my 700 pound self. Mm, there you go, man. Question number three. So Sal, there's a, there's a lot of different people listening to this show, men and women of all sizes. But if yep. there's a, there's a 700 pound Sal out there listening what is your number one piece of advice to that person to help them get started on their journey? Take what you have to get to. So if you, like in my case, what I did early on was I knew I had to lose a lot of weight, but I, I had set many goals for myself. So I had set a goal of to lose 50 pounds, break down the mountain. I think people look at something like, you know, I think that's one of the things I failed so many times in the past was I look at the hill in front of me like, oh, there's no way I'm going to lose 400 plus pounds. And then when that switch changed over in 2013, 2014, I said, you know, what? let's lose 50. And then once I got the 50, okay, let's lose another 50. So if you have 100 pounds to lose, don't look at it losing the whole 100 pounds. Look at maybe losing the first 10 or 20. And then you get to 20, okay, let's look at losing the next 10 or 20. Break it down to something more manageable and don't go drastic. If you're somebody who's eating, you know, 86 slices of bread a day, well, don't go from 86 to zero. Cut it down to just, you know, a few. 
know, if you somebody who drank, uh, you know, soda heavily and you've had, you know, four or five, six cans a day, cut out, you know, get it down to one or two cans a day. And then ultimately maybe to zero and convert to, you know, water or the low calorie uh, drinks that are out there, you know, because if you deprive yourself that quickly, you're almost setting yourself up for failure. And I think that's where I failed a lot is I went from, you know, up against the wall, doing everything, everything, everything to then just doing nothing. And my body was like, what the heck are you doing? So start small, break down, break down your, your mountain, whatever that, that goal is for you into smaller pieces and work at those smaller pieces. And then you'll see that as you get, break down those smaller pieces and you, you achieve those things, you're pretty close to the top of the mountain. And that's what happened to me. I broke it down into smaller chunks, you know, lose my first 50, lose the next 50. And then all of a sudden it's like, wow, 150 pounds is gone. 200 pounds is gone. 250 pounds gone, then weight loss surgery happened. Then it was, you know, then it was just the first 10 weeks, uh, 10 to 15 weeks, it was falling off me without really much effort because of the, you know, the effects of surgery, but break down those, uh, those larger goals into small ones. I think they become more achievable for you. There you go. Love it. Question number four, Sal, what person, podcast, book, or resource would you recommend to someone that needs motivation? So there was a doctor, uh, Dr. Matthew Weiner. Uh, he was a YouTube channel I followed some years ago. And he uh, talked about weight loss surgery a lot. And he had a book out there that uh, it's called A Pound of Cure. And it's something I kind of followed him for a little bit. And then he kind of fell off the face to, uh, sorry, the YouTube thing for a little bit, uh, you know, for quite a while. But he was somebody I kind of watched on YouTube a little bit, uh, talk about the effects of you know, weight loss surgery, what happens. He was somebody mm. who kind of, you know, one of the reasons why I stuck with weight loss surgery, why I thought it was a good long-term option for me. Uh, I, I listen to Joe Rogan from time to time, uh, not as much as I, I'd like to. Uh, you know, I, unfortunately, my job is kind of very busy, so I don't really get much downtime. Sometimes I sit down and watch or listen to a podcast for a long period of time. But something I try and want to get into a little bit more as time allows and kind of make that personal time for myself because I'm so wrapped up in day-to-day stuff. Great. Well, I, I, those both sound like, uh, obviously, Joe Rogan. And, and you're right. With Joe Rogan, sometimes you need a four-hour block to get through one episode of the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you, it, it could take some time. And it, you don't want to get lost, too, on what, like, what, what were we talking about? What were we listening to? Um, but I think that also sounds like a great resource for anyone who's interested in surgery, you know, like wants to explore that option. Like, that sounds like a really great resource for them. So I appreciate that, man. And last, no certainly not least, you know, we start, we, we kind of circled around this, but I'd like you to highlight one goal you have for the next year that is not health or fitness related. So a goal for the next year, one of the things I've put on my 2020 uh, list was to uh, purchase a house. Right now, I'm, I'm in an apartment, uh, great apartment community, but uh, I, I want to purchase a house. Uh, I'm awesome. not getting any younger. Uh, so I've started the process of buying, a, you know, looking to buy a house. And as a matter nice. of fact, this evening, I'm, I'm meeting with a, a realtor friend of mine. Um, so yeah, it, it's one of those, it's one of those big life moments where like your heart oh, yeah. like, flies out of your chest. Cause it's, you know, your biggest investment, but it's something I want to do. So in the next year or so, I'd like to uh, purchase that. Nice. Well, I, I am sure that you're going to approach that process with the same, you know, methodical tenacity that you have approached this journey you've been on so far. So Sal's house odyssey should be, I think, really interesting <laughs> to see what, to see what, to see what really happens. But People listening, you know, Sal, we, we've spent a little over an hour getting into your journey, but there's so much more for people to find out about and to see happening for you. How do they find you if they want to connect? 
So on Insta, actually all the platforms, you can find me at Sal Odyssey, um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, those are my go-tos. My Twitter shares from my Facebook page or, or my Instagram. I have it all linked together. So you can find me at Sal Odyssey. Uh, on my Facebook page, you'll see it listed as Sal Paradiso-WL. You'll see my pretty face there. Um, but yeah, I'm happy to connect, happy to reach out to anybody. Uh, you know, anybody wants to chit chat and catch up or, you know, pick my brain. I'm, ha I'm happy to assist. That's awesome. Man. And I will make sure to share links to all of that in the show notes for this episode. I, Sal, I just really want to say thank you. I've really, really appreciated this, this, this dive into your story. Um, it's really uh, been enlightening for me and, and inspiring to see where you've come to. And I've taken away some lessons for myself. So I just really want to say thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. And uh, if you want to do it again in the future, I'm open to doing so. I'm happy to talk to anybody and everybody. Uh, you know, again, if, they, if there's that one person listening that can take something away and say, hey, it, it, he thought it was impossible and he did it. Maybe it's not so impossible and that I can do it, too. So I promise you, put the work in. You'll get there. It's, uh, baby steps. You didn't get to the way you were overnight, but put the work in. I promise you the rewards will be well worth it. There you go, y'all. I, I don't think any of us can disagree with what Sal's saying there. So thank you, my friends, for listening to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet. You can, of course, find me on Instagram at Gourmet underscore goes underscore keto, on Twitter at Gourmet Goes Keto, and you can email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. Don't forget, if you're listening on Apple, please, please, please give us a, a rating and a, and a review. You know, I'm not saying it has to be five stars. You give us what you feel like you, the show deserves, but that helps get us in front of more people and helps the, you know, Apple see that we deserve to kind of show up when people are searching for this type of show. So I hope you'll take the time to do that, my friends. And don't forget, go out there and do something amazing today because you're an amazing person, whether you realize it or not. Again, have a great day, everybody. We'll see you next time on the Fat Guy Forum.